The Podcast Revolution Network is a collective of independent broadcasters banded together for mutual support, success, and to raise new voices to our platform. Our shows are made possible through listeners like you supporting our cause. For more information on supporting Podcast Revolution, please visit podrev.org. That's P-O-D-R-E-V dot org. Thank you. Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, and this is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is episode number 231, and we're going to have some fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm the king of rap. Okay, calm down, you bastards. You know what, folks? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a hostage situation? I know your first, you know, your first instinct is to go, uh, no. Of course, I've never been in a hostage situation. And I will have to say to you, (laughs) yes, you have. You just don't know it. You see, everybody, when people think of hostage situations, the first thing they think of is, of course, some armed guy busting into the bank and holding you hostage and telling the police, I want 16 helicopters and 27 cars and 16 million and I want an escort to the border and and all of that crap. Or somebody busts into the house and says, where's the money, damn it? I know you got the money, Johnson. You sold seven things of this, that, and the other. And I need, I counted the money and you're short and I counted the stuff and short and we were tracking you and and that all that's what you're thinking a hostage situation is and i'm telling you right now that's a hostage situation involving criminals uh but that's not the only hostage situation you don't think you've been in part of a hostage situation really are you in a relationship mm-hmm. have you been sitting there staring at the phone knowing that you want to go out and hang out with your boys or hang out with your girls or go someplace else that's not this place and you can't because the other person won't let you go you try to leave and she'll make you feel like a piece of crap you go out and hang out with your boys even though she said you can go but you know she meant that she does not want you to go but your dumb ass goes anyway and she's looking at you as you walk out and you know you're going to be in trouble when you come back but you think being with your friends is going to be worth it and as it turns out you were wrong because the whole time you're with your friends you're thinking about what's going to happen when you go back and the simple fact that she's going to pretend like she's sleeping until you start to go to sleep and then she's going to click the light open and turn around and say we need to talk and then she's going to yell at you for two hours and then you're going to have four minutes of sleep before you go to work the next day and don't think it's gender specific lady it's the same thing he's looking at you and he's wondering why you're getting all dressed up to go out with your girlfriends he knows you're not cheating but he still doesn't like the fact that you're wearing the dress he likes you to take off before he jumps on top of you when you go out with your girlfriends because he knows how he thinks when he sees you in that dress and he knows other guys are going to think that that when they see you in that dress and he knows you're not cheating but he still doesn't like it and you're coming home too late and you're gonna come home and he's gonna pretend like he's sleeping you're gonna get in bed he's gonna come over there and act like everything's cool and start to get it on with you you're gonna, you're gonna think oh well, he's gonna want to get it on he's okay with it and then he's gonna say something oh have a good time with your girlfriends uh-huh. and then he's gonna start a fight and then all of a sudden he's gonna be sitting there browbeating you to two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning and then you're going to get one minute of sleep and pass out behind your desk you're a hostage my friend well maybe you two are okay maybe you're really really secure and you don't mind if she goes out and she doesn't mind if you go out but let's be honest neither one of you can go out why because you got kids and you ain't going nowhere punks 
You can't even get it on anymore. You sneak into the room. You think you're going to get it on. You're about to do some good stuff. And all of a sudden, the door knocks and some little punk-ass kid decides they want to sleep in between you. And then when you let that kid sleep in between you, the other kid wants to sleep in between you. And you were thinking, well, if this kid goes to sleep, you know how hard our kids sleep. As soon as she goes to sleep, we'll pick her up. We'll put her on the couch. We'll lock the door. We'll come back in. We'll get it on. We'll go back in. We'll put her back in the bed. With us. She'll never know. The, 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 she'll never know. <laughs> But that only works if you have one kid because different kids have different sleep patterns. And let's be honest, I don't have any kids, but I got nieces and nephews. And I have one nephew that sleeps so hard I could actually throw him out the window and then go out and pick him up in the grass the next day. And I have another one where one time a white blood cell bounced off of one of the one of the veins in my toes. And he said, Uncle, was that a white blood cell bouncing off one of the veins in your toe? And I said, damn, boy, you don't sleep that hard, do you? And he goes, no, I don't. And that's only a slight exaggeration. <laughs> So, so those kids hold your punk ass as hostage. You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. So you know what a hostage situation is, right? Yes, of course you do, you bastards. But I'm not even talking about those hostage situations because you can, if you've been a parent for a long period of time or the world's best uncle like me for a long period of time, you can figure out a way to trick the kids into going away someplace then you can do what you need to do if i need to write some jokes for the next day or something like that my nephew's a big pain in the, well he's an adult now but back in the day he was a huge pain in the neck i know what he wants to watch on tv i make sure to record it i put it someplace i put it someplace where i can see him but he can see me but he won't come over to me because he's so busy entranced with that crap that he'll sit there staring at the stupid cartoons while i'm writing jokes for drunk people and i win punk that's right but we're going to move away from kids and all of that crap and we're going to go to what we were talking about in the beginning which is hostage situations oh yeah I was trapped in a hostage situation recently and by recently I mean within the past year and I'm hanging out with a friend of mine and I'm giving a friend of mine a ride someplace because I saw him walking down the street and I'm going what the hell are you doing walking down the street mister I have the best car in the world punk and his car was in the shop and we hadn't seen each other in a while so I said get in here punk and we're laughing and joking and having a great time and I love the guy the guy loves me we love each other we're like brothers for the most part we're like brothers from other mothers that's right so we're driving down the street and I'm looking at him and going, what are you going to do? Catch the bus? You always going to catch a cab? You ain't got to catch a cab, punk. You know, it's, not in, it's not even anywhere near my way, but I'll give you a ride, damn it. No problem. I mean, we're boys, right? So on our travel, we're traveling. We're having a great time. We're laughing. We're joking. I'm breaking his stones. He's breaking my stones. I'm saying stuff that if you heard it out of context, it would sound rude. And he's saying stuff to me where also if you heard it out of context, it would sound rude. But it was perfectly appropriate because we're best buddies and good buddies and great buddies. And I can say stuff about his mom and he can say stuff about my mom. Okay, he can say stuff about my mom. He said something about my mom and just once and I shot him. <laughs> I did not shoot him, nor did he say anything about my mom. So we're driving down the road and everything's cool. And we see another guy and he's looking at the guy and I'm looking at him, look at the guy and he's looking at me while I'm looking at him, looking at the guy and I'm going, why are you looking at that guy? Do you have something to tell me? Because if you're a homosexual, as you know, I have lots of friends who are homosexuals and relatives who are homosexuals and I'm okay with it. And I would feel honored if you would be, I would be the person that you would come out of the closet with because obviously you're looking at a dude and I think you're, you might be a homosexual. And he says, um, you're, the godfather to my kids and 
you've known me for 30 years, you would probably know if I was a homosexual. And I said, I know. It was just kind of awkward watching you stare at a dude, although he does have a nice ass. And he said, what? And I said, ha this is more about you. <laughs> that part, none of that part happened. I just saw him looking at a dude and I was wondering why. He goes, hey, it's a friend of mine, Beluga Boogoo. I don't know who the guy, I don't remember the guy's name, and he's a pain in the ass. And I said, so this dude here, you, do you know this dude? Yeah. I said, okay, I'll pull over so you can say hi to him. And he goes over and he's high talking to dude. And I can tell from the conversation that the guy's a douchebag. But that's okay. It's his friend, not my friend. I don't care. I don't have to be friends with all of his friends. I, I'm, I'm friends with most of his friends, but I'm with friends of all of his friends. I don't care. But this conversation's taking a little longer because, as I said before, I'm going out of my way to take his punk ass home. And now he's spending 15 minutes talking to some chump I don't know as I sit here with my flashes on. Let's wrap this up, punk. And as it turns out, this douchebag's lives somewhere near my friend, but someplace a little bit off to the side. So now I'm going out of my way twice because this guy's in the car. And he's here, and I'm going, all right, uh, I'm going to drop him off. I didn't want to drop this bastard off because I could tell from the conversation he was a douchebag. Yeah, I just said that, and I'm saying it again because he's a double douchebag. He gets in. <sighs> so we're driving, and we're having a good time, a semi-good time. Me and the guy, my buddy are having a good time, and I'm tolerating this other jerk off. Right? If he was a regular guy, I'd be having a great time with him. But as I said, he's a douchebag. I said it three times because he's a triple douchebag. And he's starting to become annoying. And he's starting to become obnoxious. And every time we are having even the micro conversation that doesn't involve his punk ass, he has to come busting in like a narcissistic piece of crap. As you can tell, I don't like this guy. Right? Hey, friend of mine whose name I won't use in the podcast because I don't want to use your name innocuous statement innocuous statement how about me how about me 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 you almost said something that involved me hot breath in the back of your neck from the back seat i decided not to wear my seatbelt so i can lead up and be and breathe in both of your faces hi hi all right and the funny thing about it is he just kept getting more and more obnoxious and I'm thinking, let me just make sure that I overtly involve this guy in some kind of conversation. Maybe that will calm him down. Maybe if I put some of this conversation kibble into his, into his bowl, maybe he'll nibble on that and calm down. No, it did not work that way. The more I gave him and talked to him, the worse he got. He started to become a backseat driver. He started to give me, oh, I'm going to give you shortcuts. Really? You're going to give me better shortcuts than my phone that has traffic updates? I think I'll go with the damn phone with the address in it okay and he won't stop he won't shut the freak up he keeps and now my friend who's my friend but also that guy's friend is looking at me like what the hell did i just do we were having a good time in the car and now we're stuck with this douchebag now, I know you've been in the situation where you literally wanted to take someone, uh, grab them by the throats and the belts, buckle, roll down the window, and roll their punk asses out without slowing down. Don't say you haven't felt that way. I know you felt that way because I damn sure felt that way. I wanted to roll his punk ass out of the window of the mighty Toyota Camry and watch him roll down the street like he fell out of a window or fell out of a car. One of those old eight, you remember those old eight team TV shows from back in the 80s? 
where the car would jump into the air and bounce and somebody would come flying out, but they're okay, even though in real life they'd be fucking dead. Well, I wanted that to happen. Not the not the dead part, the part about him rolling on the ground, but being okay, maybe pumping his fist in anger as I drive off. We laugh, and the bad 80s soundtrack plays. I love it when throwing a punk ass out the window comes together. Back to the story. So I'm looking at this guy, and I'm going, he doesn't even notice that I've got the eyes. My eyes are kind of crushed up a little. You know, you, you crunch your eyes up when you're a little upset. You don't want to say you're upset, but your eyes are basically going, I want to kill you. Want to look over at my friend. And now his eyes are like that. And I'm looking at my friend like, you brought this bastard in the car. And he's apologizing with one eye. The right eye that's facing me, he's apologizing with it. He's got the sorry man eye. But the eye, the left eye that's closer to the guy in the back seat has the I'll also stab you crunch. You know what I mean? And we're looking at this bastard. And we realize now that as we travel to his house, which is now 25 minutes away from where we are right now, and my friend's house, which is 30 minutes away, we realize that on his area, in his area, there are literally no bus stops. That area where he is, there are no bus stops. There is no bus stops, none, none, none. And I'm wondering, how the hell did he get to where he was where there was no bus stops? Did he catch a cab? Did he annoy someone else who was driving him around and that other person threw his punk ass out of the car? I don't know. But what I do know is there's no bus stops. Now, to me, one of the best things about throwing somebody out of your car is if you're in a city like Philadelphia, my hometown, or South Jersey, or a big metropolitan area, and the person is a, re- is a, is a resident of that area, and they're really super-duper mega-obnoxious, you can say, hey, why don't you just get the hell out? And you know they're going to be able to make it home, because in, in the cities that I grew up in, Philadelphia, San Francisco, New York, and South Jersey, and Baltimore, and, and places like that, there's always a bus stop. There's always a bus station. There's always information where you can get from point A to point B for about three bucks. And every adult, hopefully, has it that's working in, 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 in part of society, has at least three bucks in their wallet. And if they didn't, I would have thrown his punk ass out and handed him a whole bunch of change. You know what? There's no tolls in my trip. Take this thing a change and get your punk ass on the bus and go away. I know people were literally, I knew they were going to be annoying, but I had no choice but to drive them someplace. And I took the long route. And by taking the long route, I mean I drove routes that I knew had bus stops. Oh, that's right. I drove on bus routes. I drove on bus routes. And they're going, why are you following this bus route? And I'm looking at them like, (laughs) you keep talking and you keep talking and you keep talking and you're going to find out. I'm trying to hear this report on the news about something that's sports related and you won't shut the hell up. Oh, you're going to find out and then you can keep talking punk. Right? And you're sitting there driving them around and you pull out, you open up your glove compartment and you pull out the corresponding bus route schedules and you have them lined up right on your armrest. So whenever he decides to be a complete douchebag or she decides to be a complete douchebag and you're about to throw them the hell out of the car, they go, I don't know how to get home. And they go, really, you don't know how to get home? I anticipated you being an ass when you got into the car. So I made the appropriate markings and highlights on these bus routes here you go here's the bus route that gets you closest to your house here's some car fare 
take it and get the hell out. But it's raining. Duh, not a problem. My trunk is full of umbrellas because I have many people I give rides to that are so obnoxious. I got to throw their punk asses out of the mighty Toyota Camry. So here's an umbrella. Don't worry. The bus route schedule is laminated, you bastard. And here's $3 that'll get you home. Get out, punk. You want to do it. But unfortunately, I'm a nice guy. And this jackass, there were no bus routes to throw him out to nothing. So I had to sit there and listen to this jackass, the hostage. I was a hostage to this bastard. My friend was was a hostage hostage to this bastard. You see, I make good friends. I'm good at picking friends. I'm great at picking friends. My friends are awesome. I have had friends that I've had since I was a child. I mean, like 30-year friendships. And some friendships are even longer than that than when I was in single digits. That's how good my friends are. And they're great. But what I'm bad at is picking friends that are good at picking friends. I'll... I'll repeat that because that may sound confusing. I'm good at picking friends, but I'm bad at picking friends who are good at picking friends. Now, logically, you would go, wait a minute. If they're bad at picking friends, then that means you're a bad friend. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Now, when I say they're bad at picking friends, what that means is everybody has a limit to certain things, right? You know, if you have a device in your home and you use it enough, like if you, you ever have a device in your home and it's working perfectly and it just finally just falls apart. You know, you have a toaster for two years or three years. You, you put the plunger down with the toast in it and all of a sudden it goes and then the whole thing falls apart and you go, well, I got two years out of it. Everybody's had that. Have you, you've all said that. You've all had a device where when it finally broke down, you think about how long it lasted and you go, you know what? I can't complain that lasted this amount of years. I can't complain that computer lasted me five years. I can't complain that television lasted me for 10 years. I can't complain that sink's been in the kitchen for 15 years. I can't complain that paint lasted three years in this room with all these kids. You know that. Well, it's the same thing with picking friends. There's a limit to it. I know when to stop. I picked certain friends and I said, that's it. Everybody else I'm going to be cool with, but my close personal friends are this number of people and I'm not going to press my luck. But these people don't stop there. They're the kind of people that like to collect people. You know, if you got two or three or four really good friends, calm down. If someone else becomes a friend, let it happen over the course of time. You don't, because in that situation, you're not actually picking the friend. The friendship grows. But these are people that are bad at picking friends after the first three or four. That's why I stopped it four or five yeah that's right first friend me second friend another friend third friend great fourth friend great fifth friend this jerk off in the back seat right now this bastard what the hell and also i must point out that my friends that are bad at picking friends are also bad at getting rid of friends that are not good friends yeah i said it now we're 10 minutes away from this guy's house and i've already imagined what it would be like to throw him and to actually stick him in the engine of the car and say, is it hot in there, you bastard? But I'm not going to do that, but I'm having a fantasy. Don't act like you haven't fantasized about dropkicking a punk ass. In fact, you know how I always talk about dropkicking people? I damn sure had fantasies about dropkicking this bastard. Right? You've heard my earlier episodes. You get into the running position, you run towards them, you jump until your body is horizontal and then you hit them in the chest with both of your feet well this is one of those situations where it's not enough to have about a 10 yard start or a 5 yard start or a 15 yard start 
I'd want to go back to a nice hundred yards. And I guarantee you, if you put Usain Bolt on a track over there and you put me on a track right here and Usain Bolt is just running as fast as he can to hit the tape and I'm running as fast as I can to drop kick this bastard, I'd kick Usain Bolt's ass because my desire to jump into the air vertically, horizontally and bounce my feet off this punk ass's chest would make me run faster than you would think I'm human, than I'm capable of running as a as an average height middle-aged guy when Usain Bolt would go damn you must have really wanted to kick him in the chest and I would say you're damn right Mr. Bolt you just better be glad that I don't decide to enter the Olympics and they put him behind the tape because if they put him behind the tape I would kick your ass and break your world record and also kick this bastard in the chest okay back to the story (laughs) now we're five minutes out from his house And it's starting to feel good. It's like I'm looking at the GPS and the GPS is going, you will be arriving at this guy's house in five minutes. Now, if there's a bit of a traffic jam on the way to this person's house, he's going to go beyond your tolerance level. And then you're going to pull the car over, get out, lure him out, tell him to stand with his eyes closed. You're going to take 20 steps back, get into the running position, run towards him at full speed, jump into your horizontal and bounce your feet off of his chest, a.k.a. dropkick his punk ass. And I said, hey, this GPS really, really knows a lot of stuff. (laughs) My GPS did not say that. But I knew five minutes I can tolerate this bastard for five minutes. I've already tolerated him for 27 minutes. I can tolerate him for five, four, three, two, one minute. Oh, thanks for the ride, buddy. I hope we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, sure. I gave him the yeah, sure you get on a date when you're going out with somebody that you know uh, doesn't really like you, but you're hoping you were wrong about them not liking you, and you figured you're going to put that little test bubble out there and hope she's going to go, oh, yeah, that was a great day. And he went, I don't know if she really likes me. I can't tell, but I'm going to ask her. Maybe we can get together some other time. <laughs> yeah, sure. When you hear, <laughs> yeah, sure, that means this isn't really my house that we're dropped off. You dropped off, you, you dropped me off at my cousin's house, and as soon as you pull off, I'm going to walk into the garage, get into my car, and drive to my real house because you didn't pass the test, jackass and I'm never going to see you again. Well, that's the answer I gave to him. Hey, maybe we can get together again sometime. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And my friend looked at me like, this guy just doesn't get it. So he goes into his house, and I pull off. And then I immediately go to a place uh, that paints cars, repainted the mighty Toyota Camry, changed the license plate, and had facial surgery. So if he ever runs into me again, I won't look the same, and the car won't look the same, and it'll be a different license plate. Because, yes, it was definitely worth having facial reconstructive surgery, repainting the mighty Toyota Camry, and getting another license plate just to make sure I can avoid that bastard. (laughs) Okay, that part did not happen. So I look over at my friend, and I'm going, dude, you are really not good at picking friends. And he goes, well, I picked you. And I'm going, technically, no, I picked you, punk. And he goes, well, yeah, right. We met at the same time. How are you going to say you picked me? I said, okay, we picked each other as buddies. But you pick one friend too many. Now, he's cool with you. Obviously, you like the guy. I say enjoy this guy's company. That's cool. But could you do me a favor? What's that? Never in life, when you guys come over to watch sports or any of that kind of crap, do not bring this jackass to my house under any circumstances because if you do 
you're going to have one less friend. And that one less friend will be me. Because I don't like the hostage situation that we just went through. I mean, seriously, guys. I really, I wanted to call up the police and, you know, use one of those, call up a relative and use one of those safe word codes to let them know that I'm in deep crap. Hey, uh, cousin, whatever. This is S. Anthony. How's it going? How's it going, S.? Yeah, boy, I'm really glad that you made that apple pie with whipped cream on it. And I'm hoping you could save me a slice of that apple pie with whipped cream on it and make sure you put ice cream on top of the apple pie and set it in a container at my house. So what you're saying is there's a complete douchebag in the backseat of your car. Yes, I am. And you want us to call you and say that you have to go to do some kind of emergency and you can't take him all the way home. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I love ice cream. Not a problem. So I'm going to call back and we're gonna, you're going to put me on speaker. Now, what I need you to do, I know what you need me to do. That's right. I need you to find a bus stop that's really close by and, um, and drop in. And I'm going to call you. And about seven minutes. It's going to take about nine minutes, I guess. Okay, I'm going to call you back in nine minutes. Nine minutes goes by. Hey, what's going on, cousin? I just talked to you. Hey, it's Anthony. Hey, what's going on? We really have an emergency, and I really need you to get here right now. So if there's anybody in the car that you don't like at all who's a complete dickhead, I'm going to need you to let that person out. Is there a bus stop by right away? Anywhere near you? Well, as a matter of fact, there's a bus stop right there. Okay, Um. well, you're going to have to let that guy out. Hey, guy that I don't like that much, and I hope that I will never see you again because I'm going to go out of my way to avoid your punk ass. Um, I really have this emergency. So I'm going to need to let you off here. Oh, that's no problem. You got me halfway home. No big deal. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and we peel off. Thanks, cuz. No problem. All right. Now, granted, the guy will be a little suspicious when uh, we let him off at the bus stop and immediately pull into uh, the Domino's Pizza and walk out and order a meal and eat it by the front window. He's going to be going, I thought you had an emergency. And I'm going, really? Uh, I was... It is an emergency. My aunt, who, you know, was really, really sick right now, her last wish was that I actually eat a Domino's pizza and watch an entire football game with my friend uh, with no um, with no other person with us. That was that was one of her wishes that, that we could actually do that. It's, I know we, normally I would like to have you come with me, but it's important that we have that. You know, it's important that we have this thing. It's it's her last wish. And that's that, I, that's why you can't sit with us or anything like that. one of her other wishes was that um that I never ever again run into you or talk to you or have any kind of contact with you ever again and that you're never allowed in my car ever again. So you know, even if there's a bunch of even if we know the same people and they're all coming to the house for some kind of thing. Uh, my my aunt's last wish was that you you never become a part of that. Well, if that's what your aunt's last wish is, I have to honor that. Okay, now you think you better go back over there. I think your bus is coming. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was a weird fantasy. <laughs> but you got to be honest, man. You've 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 been in that hostage situation where somebody just you know you, you're stuck with them. You're just stuck with them, and you can't get rid of them. And and their mere presence is is not allowing you to do something that you enjoy, you know. They, they were guests in your house, like 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 this guy was a guest in my car, you know. And it, it, you can't. You're just looking. I'm like, will you please just? Is there any way that I could just 
is there any way that I could move my hands fast enough to cause a rip in the space-time continuum that I could push you through a wormhole? I could push you through, and I wouldn't want you to be harmed. I would just want to, when I pushed you through the wormhole, you would just arrive at your home safely, and the only side effect would be your memory of my existence being wiped from your mind. Is there any way I could do that? I mean, if somebody could work on that, I would like that to happen. But that was my hostage situation, folks. And I tell you right now, I'm glad to have survived it. I will be writing a book called I Survived Writing 38 Minutes with a Complete Douchebag and How You Can Survive It Too. I'll have it available on Amazon. I don't know how much I'm going to charge for it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be riveting. Why in the world would they want to buy a book when you just basically told the whole damn story? That's kind of true. I mean, you, you spent... I mean, damn it, that's almost a half an hour story you just told. And, I mean, how many pages is that, is that actually going to be in the book? Wow, I probably should not have told the whole story. Maybe I should edit this section out of the podcast. Well, this is going to be like half the show. Maybe a podcast is an hour. This is true. And this segment's about 28, 29 minutes right now. Wow. Sell the book or keep it on my podcast. Writing, I already write a lot of jokes now and stuff like that, so I would actually have to take time from the joke writing. I'm just going to leave the story on the podcast. So, all right, folks, just forget about the book. There will be no book. You'll just take, you'll just, you can just listen to this segment. And speaking of this segment, this segment's over. <laughs> segment over. All right, folks, in this segment, I'm, I'm sorry if I, I may ramble a little bit because this one is not actually, there's absolutely no preparation for this uh, segment other than actually just living 47 years. You know, like usually when I do a, a segment on the show, you know, there's, there's an outline that I want to do. Sometimes I'll write the whole thing out, but a lot of times there's an outline and I'll just, I'll remember what I'm talking about and just tell you the story of what happens. And obviously if you've been listening to me, for any length of time, it'll be three years in the end of October. You know that a lot of the times there's a lot of things in there that are, you know, wacky on purpose. Or sometimes I'll just veer off what I wanted to write because I thought of something that I thought was better. And you can do that when it's your podcast, right? But in this segment, I just want to talk to you the same way I would talk to you if you were hanging out with me. As you can tell, there's no comedic cadence to the way I'm sounding right now. I'm just talking to you one guy to a group of people in different places. And so I watched the Colin Kaepernick, uh, and I know everybody's talking about it. I get it. And I almost decided not to even bring it up because I tweet about it and I, I Facebook about it and all that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, if you follow me on any of my social media, you know what my opinions of it are. And I wasn't even going to talk about it. But it's, it's one of those things where I took my regular Facebook page and made it, I, I put it and made it just for friends. And I just left my um my quote fan page unquote which is on facebook i left that f- open because quite frankly I, I had to start getting rid of people because even online there there are times when you just want to have a place where you can have a dialogue with your family or your friends or people that you like because everything else out there the twitters and the tumblers that's the wild wild west but there should be a place you know online where you can just chill and be cool and not have to deal with any idiots and there were a lot of people i had to get rid of you know it was an unfortunate thing because some of them were f- kind of friends, and you know. And when I say friends, I'm talking about people that you that you associate with. They're not people that necessarily come to your house or you go to their house or anything like that. But people you have a fondness for. 
And sometimes when you see these the things that are happening, Black Lives Matter, Colin Kaepernick, and many of the other tragedies that have happened, you see people that you knew, that you broke bread with, react to these tragedies in these really, really difficult to understand ways. Get out of this country if you don't want to stand up for the flag. If you don't want to stand up, you hate the troops. And I often wonder, why do people just make things up when they see things and they just make things up? I don't think he—I remember him correctly if I saw the press conference. If I remember correctly, he said specifically that he didn't hate the troops and they liked the troops and they just supported the police, just not the ones that were bad and all the other things that if you were listening to them, him without an ideological filter— you would understand what he was actually saying. It's difficult as a black man um, to see people completely ignore and act like the problems don't exist when they've had, when I've actually personally had many things happen to me over the course of my lifetime when I lived in Los Angeles and Philadelphia and various other cities that would, would, would illustrate that these, these problems do exist. They existed then and they exist now. I don't have a police record. I've never been arrested. I've never had a moving violation in my entire life. I've never stolen anything. I've never assaulted anyone who hasn't assaulted me first. I shouldn't even call it assault. I was actually defending myself. I have one traffic ticket that I got in the early 90s that I paid the next day. I've never taken an illegal drug. I've never been intoxicated. I've never cheated on, on anybody I've ever dated. And I'm genuinely nice to people that I meet. When I have a car, I have insurance. And I own the car. When I go to work, I do my job. And I do more than I'm paid for. That's who I am. On many occasions, I know what it's like to be walking down the street and have people from behind slam you into a wall and go through your pockets. The first instinct is you're getting robbed. And fortunately, I was very, I was smart enough to take a peek first before I reacted. My initial reaction is to do what I've been taught to do, which is drive my elbow into the person's face and knock them unconscious. Had I done that, I would have hit a police officer and I'd probably be dead right now. I hadn't committed a crime. I've been pulled over before. When I know for a fact I had not committed the offense that I was accused of, you were speeding and I'm looking down going, I'm purposely driving at exactly the speed limit. I'm looking at the speedometer and it says two five and that and that and that sign says speed limit two five. You made an illegal lane change. There's no place to change lanes. It's one lane in one direction, one lane in one direction, one lane in another direction. If I made an illegal lane change, I'd actually be in, into oncoming traffic. You fit the description of what? A, a, a black guy, a five foot eight black guy. Help goodness, a short as those, right? Now I have police officers that are friends of mine, literally on the force right now. Friends of mine that I grew up with. I have friends that have become that have become friends of mine because I used to do. Um, you know, we used to do benefits for the fault for the police officers and first responders and things of that nature. So I have a respect for the job and respect for people on the job. And I realize this is a difficult job. I understand that. But what I need people to understand is how difficult it is to know when you walk out of the house 
even though the overwhelming majority of the people that wear the uniform are going to do the job, you have no problem with them because, quite frankly, as a law-abiding citizen, I never come into contact with them unless I, they happen to be at the same you know, pizza shop, hoagie shop, buying a newspaper, and it was just two dudes talking. They don't, I don't have any contact with them other than that because they're good police officers doing their job. And that's the majority of them that I've run across. That's the truth. I'm not just saying that to be on both sides or any of that crap. Like I said, there's no comedic cadence here. I'm not joking around. I'm talking for me, talking to you. But I've also come in contact with the other ones. Like I said, I know what it's like to be slammed against the wall. I know what it's like to have somebody come up to my car because I was speeding with guns. Drawn in my face. I know what it's like to have four, five, or six police cars surround my car because I made an illegal lane change. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be a law-abiding citizen, as I've already explained, in a suit, driving to a comedy club that's sold out with people who want to see me and be sitting on the side of the road in that suit with all my stuff from the trunk and the car laid all over the highway that I have to put back in myself trying not to get hit by cars. When I committed no crime, I wasn't even speeding then. And I also know that, like I said, had I had a flash of anger when I was slammed against the wall, when I didn't know who was doing it, had I had a flash of anger when there were people putting guns in my face because I may have driven quickly, if I had a flash of anger when all of my stuff that I had neatly packed together in my car because it needed to be neatly packed together because it was important that it was packed together, laid out over the freeway with people holding guns on me when I didn't commit a crime, when I got that punk ass, sorry about that kid, and now and you can go about your business after you pick your shit up off the street. If... I know what that's like. And I know if I showed a flash of anger in any situations, I could be dead now. I can count on my I can count 20 or 30 times I could have easily been killed when I committed no crime. So when somebody kneels down and says, you know what, there's a problem in the country and we need to solve this problem. And people want to burn jerseys and say, get out of the country and say, well, if you don't like the military, when he said nothing about the military, all you're doing is obfuscating what's going on. You know damn well he has. he's not saying anything about the military. You know damn well he's not saying anything about police officers who are doing their jobs. You know that already. If somebody is against people not getting shot and you take the opposing opinion, what does that say about you? Maybe these people haven't thought about it enough. Maybe they haven't thought about it enough to realize that they're taking the dissenting view to people who aren't who shouldn't be shot being shot. I don't think there's a dissenting view to that. I'm one of those weird people that doesn't think that he thinks people should not have bullets in their ass when they didn't do anything. <sighs> one of the things that really disturbed me and I talked about Facebook a little earlier um, was like I said, there were people that were on my Facebook that I knew personally that started to hit me with these mindless, mindless, idiotic, childish talking points that were force-fed over certain networks. I used to hear, I heard it on sports radio, because of course sports radio went insane with the Colin Kaepernick, quote, controversy, unquote. It's funny how the thing he's actually protesting isn't the big controversy that deserves a lot of noise, but him not... <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you right now, I'm calling in right now because I don't like that Colin Kaepernick. I don't like him because he hates the troops. Uh, Mr. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, actually, he didn't uh, say anything about the troops. Actually, if you listen to the actual press conference, he made it a point to say, I don't care what he says. He hates the troops. And if you like him, you hate the troops, too. He needs to get out the damn country. And you'd hear a whole lot of that. What about black on black crime? Huh? Huh? How come nobody says anything about that? Well, I got news for you. As a member of the African-American community, I can tell you from personal experience, people are trying to solve the problem. But quite frankly, that doesn't make the news because, as the news says, if it bleeds, it leads. You see, they'll cover the person getting shot, but they won't cover the people going out in the community talking to people saying, don't do that. They don't cover the people starting businesses and trying to give these people's jobs. They don't cover that part because it's not bleeding. You only get part of the story. And that's why a lot of the media right now absolutely sucks. Instead of informing people, they inflame people. Instead of telling stories, they make up stories. What about black on black crime? If a black guy shoots another black guy on a high definition film with 50 witnesses around him, he goes to jail. And here's something that you've probably forgot. He's going to get a harsher jail sentence than you will. And in addition to that, even if he's a child, he's going to get a harsher jail sentence than you will. And he will be tried as an adult. What happens when someone in power does something horrible? Someone who's been given the power of life and death and has an entire system behind them. What happens when they kill someone on film? Do they go to jail? No. So which problem do you think you need to solve? The one where the criminal is actually punished or the one where someone does a criminal action and isn't punished and is actually put back into a position to commit the act again and again and again, emboldened by the fact that there were no repercussions? Which one do you think is a problem? Which one do you think we should address? Hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So when I see people say these things, I realize that on the 20th or 30 occasions where I literally could have been killed, having committed no crime, these same people would have been saying, yeah, well, that S. Anthony guy probably had a gun on him. That S. Anthony guy probably resisted arrest. That S. Anthony guy probably, or if it was one of my nephews, that kid probably, that kid probably, that kid probably, that kid probably. You're basically going, you deserved it, when you just assume the person deserved it just because. And we know what the just because is, don't we? Now, I know this is a comedy podcast and maybe 90 percent of the time I do wacky stories and jokes. And that's usually what I do. But it's really frustrating to me when I think about young me, young s 20 years ago, 25 years ago, or when I was 17 years old, 30 years ago, walking back home from the first time I decided I wanted to do comedy in 1986. Oh, I had a great set and I come home and I'm walking home. And as I walk down the street, there's a car following me. And I don't want to look at the car. And I try to, and I turn around and there's a police car crawling down the street. And the guy's looking out at me at the window. And he goes, fuck you doing out here and i go well sir i'm, I'm actually just coming home from work what the fuck you, we work what do you do what, what do you do what do you how old are you i'm 17 you know where's the curfew right? i said well actually i live i live right up the block right there i was just doing some you know I, I i did i did comedy for the first time huh 
Yeah, I worked at, I was at the comedy club, but they went real good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What you got in the bag? Uh, just, you know, a, a recorder, some pencils and paper and stuff like that. I'm, you know, I'm, actually, you can see my house right there. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 we got to take this call. All right, uh, whatever, kid. Now, let me ask you a question. If he didn't get that call, what do you think was going to happen next? Hmm? One of the 30 occasions. Well, that's not one of the 30 occasions where I could have gotten killed. That was just enough. There's been more than 30 occasions where I had bad, bad interactions. And even with all the bad interactions that I had over the course of time with police officers, I still know that the overwhelming majority of the times I've run across police officers, they were cool. One of the other things he's talking about is the education system. You know, where you, you literally look at your young relatives and you look at the homework that they're getting, you're going, are you kidding me with this shit? I've, had, I've actually had older relatives look at the, the work that the kids, the kids were getting and go up to school and go, nah, uh-uh. You pay taxes for you to, to educate our kids. What is this garbage? No, you're going to give them harder work. Now, the kids didn't like it too much. I mean, they liked it later on when they grew up to be intelligent adults. But they went up and said, no, 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 no. You got to give us more, give them better work than this garbage. Because you're not preparing them yet for what they need to do. When you try to get a, you try to get a car insurance and to look at what neighborhood that you live in. When you try to, you try to get credit and to look at where you came from. Things that other people don't have to deal with. These are the things that actually put you in a hole. It's very, very difficult to get out from. The only way other people who aren't dealing with that can understand the kind of hole that you're dealing with is if someone in your family gets sick and you get a humongous hospital bill that you can't pay, blows your insurance out of the water. You can't pay for it. And now all of a sudden, because of those hospital bills on your credit, you have to pay high, more for your car insurance. All of a sudden, it messes up your credit, and you, you, you can't get that house. And some employers will actually look at your credit before they hire you. And all of a sudden, you got this thing dragged around that's dragging around after you like an anchor. And you're sitting there going, damn it. This has nothing to do with how, who I am. This is just something. This is just a hospital bill. But you can eventually pay for a hospital bill. Right? But what about that anchor that's following you around as the melanin in your skin? The way your nose is shaped. The way your hair is shaped. But what if it's that? And I'm not equating hospital hospital bills with being an African American man or woman or person of color. I'm just saying there's something following you around that's damaging what's going on. You can pay that hospital bill off. I can't make monthly payments and then all of a sudden go, well, you've now made a certain number of monthly payments as Anthony. And although you're a black guy, we are now going to give you this little card here. And whenever somebody discriminates against you, you can show them the card. And they're going to go, oh, he's, he's, he's cool now. He's cool now. That doesn't work that way. So all I would say to people is, listen, man. Do some research, man. Don't believe everything you hear on these stupid cable news channels that essentially don't do anything but make up crap specifically to get ratings, specifically to, to gin up this, ridiculous, this ridiculousness, this divisiveness, making everybody hate each other, making everybody not like each other, dividing everybody up, as Bernie Sanders would say, making us fight with each other so they can divide, they can divvy up all the bread. Can't we see that? 
I don't even have my television on that often. I got a television right there, and a lot of times it's not even on. I turn it on to watch to watch Law and Order. <laughs> you know, I watch Law and Order, maybe some sports, some UFC, or some some football, and I get all my news. I get all my news on the internet because I do research before I talk about anything. I don't like being lied to. I don't like having liars around me. I don't like it. So when somebody protests something that happens in their community, can we just look at why they're protesting before we burn shirts, before we, if we're, before we decide we're no longer going to protect the community if this person doesn't apologize? You may have hurt feelings, but hurt feelings are much better to have than a dead son. Her feelings are much better to have than uneducated children. Her feelings are much better to have than sitting on the side of a road in a suit when you're going to make 400 people laugh with all this stuff that you neatly packed in your car laid out all over the street. You think my feelings weren't hurt then? You think my feelings weren't hurt when I'm walking down the street and I get slammed into a wall when I didn't do anything? You think my feelings won't hurt when I'm sitting in the car with my woman and somebody pulls me over for something I didn't do and he's talking to me in a way that he would never even think about talking to me if it was just me as a man and him as a man. You would never talk to me that way. You would never talk to, walk up to me and say the things and talk to me that disrespectfully if you weren't in that position and I was in my position. You wouldn't even think about it. And I got to sit there and take that crap because I don't want us both dead. That's what it was like. Now, before anybody implies for a moment, you hate police officers. That's complete bullshit. I got a police officer two doors down who I just hugged about 30 minutes ago because he's an old friend of mine. And another one, two, two doors down, who also I've had this conversation with. And I said it to their faces. And they said, I ain't got a problem with it. I got veterans in my family. My father's a veteran. My, my uncle's a veteran. I got plenty of veterans in my family. I've got plenty of veterans and friends. Some of my best friends are Vietnam veterans. And we've had this, these discussions and they've all said, I'm a veteran. I fought for this country and, he, and I fought for his right to say that. They actually said when, I, when, when KKK idiots were, were walking through some, they said, I hate KKK people. Why? Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a black man and my wife's a black woman and I have black children. But I fought for their right to be able to say the crap that they're saying. I don't like it. When I fought for the right to say it because we have to be able to say these things. Sometimes you have to say things people don't like because sometimes the things that you say that people don't like bring up things that need to be fixed. So. Was I offended when Colin Kaepernick didn't stand? Of course not. The hell do I care? It's a silent protest. Blown out of proportion. And in the days in the land of social media, that's what happens. People blow things out of proportion and go nuts. All I'm saying is we need to be able to be adult enough, mature enough to solve problems and not whine like punks when somebody brings up the problems. That's all I'm saying. Dig? Segment over. Okay, folks, that was a serious segment, but I had to say it. But I want to talk to you about something that's not serious. Because <laughs> normally I put the serious stuff at the end of the show, but I'm not going to do it this time. This is, this is something, this is a, 
this is true. This is like this actually happened, and this is, <laughs> and it's really really weird. Um, when you're dating somebody and you're and you're getting serious with them, you kind of when you when you get to the point where you're getting it on, you just kind of stick with standard getting it on operating procedure. You know, man on the woman, on the woman on the man, and you put the thing in the stuff, and you put the thing on that, and you touch the stuff, and you rub on that, and all that, you slurp on that, and you put that, that, but the beep, 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 you kind of stick to the greatest hits package, right? You don't go into the deep album cuts right away, right? We all know what I'm talking about. You have an artist that you love, right? And you listen to the five hits on the album, and then there's some other songs on the album that don't get played on the radio, and like only the real fans know about those songs. Right, even if the even if the artist is like a Michael Jackson or a Prince or somebody like monstrously big and you know worldwide icon, they're still in their biggest albums. There's cuts on those albums that the, that only the people that bought the albums know about. They like I said, they don't play them on the radio. Well, relationships are exactly the same way, you know, and dating and is exactly the same way, right? In the beginning, when you're dating, or even if you've been married for a short period of time, you kind of stick with the greatest hits package when you get it on. But then after you get really, really comfortable with each other, that's when the album cuts start to come out, right? The songs that didn't that normally don't come out. Or back when they used to sell singles, when you used to be able to see, see nowadays everything's downloads, so there's no B-sides anymore, which kind of sucks because you'd actually, because you know what I'm saying? Because you, you used to get B-sides. you get a song on the A-side of a cassette, and then on the other side of the cassette or the, or the second song on the DV, on the CD, you get the second song or the remixes and all that kind of crap, or a completely different song that's not going to be on the album and only exists on the B-side, and they don't do that anymore. From what I can see. But the album cuts are still there. And all of a sudden, you start doing the stuff that's in the back of your mind. You know, you know, there was a little part of your mind and you saw her. And, you know, in the beginning, you just got it on the regular way. And you're looking at her and it's like, you know, and you know, it's like, you, 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 she's standing at the kitchen and she's standing there and she's, it's her turn to cook breakfast and she's making pancakes and, you know, she just got out of the shower and she's standing there. She's got the robe on and her, you know, and she's not wearing anything under the robe because what difference does it make? You've been getting it on for years now, you know, and, and she's, you know, she's sitting there, she's doing something. She's stirring up the pancakes and the butt's jiggling, you know, and you're like, good God, she's, I have a, there's a good chance that this pancake's going to be eaten about an hour from now. And then you look over at the counter and you see the syrup and you look back at her butt and look at the syrup and you look at her butt and you're going, this, this is going to happen. It might not happen today, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because right now, if I do it, she's going to be like, I don't want to wash the sheets and you're going to get syrup all over the sheets. But eventually, she's she's going to get real wild. She's going to, she's going to, I can, I'm going to look at her face and she, and it's, I'm going to know that she's ready for this deep album cut. And I'm going to, she's going to be ready for it. And it's right. You're looking at the spatula and you're looking at her butt and looking at the whipped cream. And you're like, yeah, she, 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 the last time I tried to, I tried to introduce something like that. She, I don't want to mess the bed up. Eventually, she's going to, and eventually, you go from thinking about it to all of a sudden, you have a refrigerator in the bedroom and you're having this on the front of the refrigerator is, butt food food that you eat off each other's butts yeah that's right I said it shut up don't judge me you bastards <laughs> so but there was this one lady and, I, and a lot of times guys always think that they're the ones that come up with the deep album cuts And but ladies have deep album cuts and the more comfortable they are with you the more deep album cuts come out and the more disgusting your woman is and that's a good thing but sometimes it's just really weird crap you know not 
I'm, I'm, I was with this late girlfriend of mine at the time. Um, as it turns out, not to be rude or anything, but she turned out to be, how can I put this, freaking nuts. Um, but in the beginning, she wasn't like that. And she's one of those, the, the super jealous person, you haven't even done anything, and then she gets all upset and starts throwing stuff, and it's like, I can't deal with this because I don't deal with violence in relationships, and you, you split up and never see each other again. But this is back when we were actually dating and banging. Back to the story. So I'm standing in the kitchen, and like I said, this time, it's my time to cook. You know, and I'm wearing a robe and my butt's jiggling. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Whatever, whatever. I'm, yeah, I amuse myself sometimes. Sometimes these jokes are for me. Shut up, punks. Anyway, so I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm making some food, and I'm and I'm you know, and I'm just standing there. I got my my standard jeans, t-shirt, but I had like one of those tank top type t-shirts because. Um, it had some cool design. I forgot what it was, but whatever it was, it was, it was, cause I normally don't wear shirts like that, you know, uh, you know, um, unless it's like really, really cool. And so I had, so for whatever reason I found, I was like, I got to get, I'm getting that shirt. And it was one of those tank top shirts, you know, it was basically, you know, it looks like, it's like, you know, those, 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 uh, bibs you do, that you wear when you, when you barbecue. And it was like, it was, it covered the front and covered the back, but there was nothing on the side. You could see the whole side of the body on both sides. So I'm standing there and I'm moving some stuff from the, from the, um, from the stove, you know, you cook some of the food and you put it on a plate and you're going back and forth until you get to the amount that you need and all that kind of crap. So I'm, I'm standing there and it was and I was like, I just, I just put my hand on the top of my head like, man, I'm almost done. Cause I, you know, cause I didn't really want to do this crap in the first place. I know it was my turn, but, you know, and she's looking at me and she has that look on the face. You know, you know, that what that look your woman gives you when it's like, yeah, um, whatever you're doing is going to stop. We're going to get it on now. And I'm looking over at her, you know, you know, guy, you know, how it is, guys. You try to sexy it up. You know, you, you start doing biceps. Ah, look at that arm. Ah, worked out hard. Ah, you know what I'm saying? You start tightening your abs up, you know, try to show the little. Yeah, back then I had real good abs and I'll have them again. Shut up, you bastards. And, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to sexy it up for you, yeah, girl. Look what you look, look what you got. Ah, start do Ah, you, you know, you start to you yawn and you try to do the bicep flex when you're yawning. Ah, you know, you know, you accidentally hit your shirt on the on the counter so she can see more of your back. Yeah, look at that back muscles. Ah, yeah, you know. And I realize she's not even paying attention to all of the sexiness I'm trying to throw on her. And when I throw my sexiness on women, damn it, you better catch all this double sexiness. But she wasn't catching it. She was just kind of looking at one part of my body. And it's not the part of the body you expect. She had that, you know that woman that, and I'm going to be indelicate about this, but who cares? You know that look a woman has on her face? When she sees your genitals and she's about and you're about to administer the genitals, <laughs> and she has a look on her face like, "Yeah, I'm about to get me some of that." And, you, and she had that look on her face. Sometimes they lick their lips and they're looking at it like you're looking at, and you're looking down at it like, "Ha you're damn right." Well, she had the genital look on her face, but she wasn't looking at my genitals, even though I had, you know, been pointing to them. <laughs> and and okay, I did not point to my genitals, but I did aim the matter. <laughs> that actually happened. And I noticed that she was looking, and I thought, well, maybe she likes my ass. I mean, I mean, at the time, I was in really good shape. So, yeah. no, a little higher than that, the obliques. No, a little higher than that, side of my pecs. I had good pecs back. No, that's not it. She's staring at my armpits. What? It can't be. It can't be the armpit. It's got to be the pecs. It's got to be the delicious pecs, because at the time, I was in great shape. It's got to be, no, but it's, it's not that it's the armpit. 
and I put my arm down, and then the, the look of like I'm gonna tear that up. She had a look on her face like I'm gonna tear that up. The look would melted off of her face, and I put my hand back up. She's like, oh yeah, give give it a good time. And she, what I'm going, this she's getting juiced up over my damn armpit. You kidding? Here she comes. I mean, I'm, I must be wrong. It's got to be the pecs. It cannot be the armpit. I'm gonna keep my arm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put my arm behind my head. I'm gonna see what she does. And then she comes up to me and she looks at me and gives me a little peck on the cheek. Grab my face, jammed her tongue down my throat real quick. And she rubs my chest. And I'm like, yes, I knew it was the chest. And then she's still staring at my armpit. She has her left hand in my back pocket, her stomach on my abs. And then she's staring at my, and then she, you know, you, t- and then she took her hand. You know, you take your hand, you know, when it's like you're looking at your girl and you do with the love and the cosmos and the world and the moon and the stars and the world and the good girl, you're the greatest girl. You did. And you take the back of your hand and you're rubbing it up and down on the caressing her face. Or if you have your baby, you know, your daughter or your, your, your baby kid and you, you caress their face and they're sleeping. She did that, that move to under my arm. And I'm going, oh. Okay, she goes, you ever think of shaving this? And I'm going, um, no. She goes, oh, you, you should probably shave this. I'm going, why, why? She goes, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know. You know, because, you know, if you really think about it, hair on the arm, you know, what, what the reason that guys smell worse than women is because, like, your, your bodies are more hairy. And, you know, if you shave the hair off from under your arm, there's more, there's less area for the bacteria to collect to so if there's less bacteria then there's less odor like I didn't know that already but that's not what her motivation was you sick woman right? so we're taking a bath together and I'm walking out of there and then she comes she gets into the bathroom with the lady razor and she's shaving in the tub and I'm going okay. and I didn't think much of it then she grabbed a hold of my elbow pushed it back and started shaving under my arms and I'm going what the hell are you doing not just trying to help you out uh-huh. And then she shaved them nice and clean, right? And then she did that finger movement. Remember the finger move I just described where you run, you caress the area with the fingers like you do with a baby's face, and now she's making sounds while she does it. And I'm looking at her like, what is this weird woman doing? We get out of the tub, and she's wearing a robe, I'm wearing a robe, you know. And this was a, this was a post-banging uh, bath, so this wasn't like we were going to bang after the bath. We're out there watching the movie, and I'm sitting there, and I got just the pajama bottoms on. And at the time, I was in good shape because I had the abs and the, and the pecs. I just want to point that out that I was in good shape at one point. Shut up. And then she puts her hand, she's sitting in my lap. She's got the head on my shoulders, and she slides off to next to me, and she puts her hand right on, right above, the, right about the shoulder, right where the armpit is, and then she turns her nose in there. And she, I said, are you smelling my underarm? She goes, yeah. And I go, what the hell is, she goes, I'm really into that. And I go, when did that happen? I said, what, you seeing somebody else, huh? You running around sniffing dude's pits and all of a sudden, huh? Uh, that's the kind of woman you are? You a, a random dude pit sniffer, huh? I'm, I thought we were in a serious relationship and you sniffing dudes. She goes, no, I don't sniff regular dudes. I like to sniff whoever I'm with. I'm like, oh, this is, I said, oh, this is weird. And at the beginning, I thought it was just really weird. Like, you know, you know, sometimes you, you you just you just indulge somebody in doing something. It's like you don't like it, like going to a play that you think sucks, but it makes them happy, so you go along with it, right? And then sometimes you're with them, and you're like, this play sucks, but you look over at your significant other, and they're having such a good time. They're laughing and joking, and you're just happy that they're happy, right? And you're going, okay, this play sucks, but it makes them happy, so I'm, I'm going to get into it. And it was kind of like that. At first, I'm looking at it like, oh, here comes the other, all right. 
All right, you get one minute per pit. There you go. He's just making these weird faces. Oh, God. I'm going, oh, Jesus, weird. Let me get to the other one. I said, can you tell the difference? I can tell the difference. I said, there's no way in the world you can tell one from the other. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. All right, now, one day I'm going to test you. I tested her. She could. And after a while, I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a second. I mean, this may be weird to me, but every time she buries her face in there, she takes me to Bang City, right? Now, when we go to regular Bang City, it's awesome. But when she does that sniff thing, she takes me to Ultra Bang City. And I'm sitting there going, and Bang City is awesome. But Ultra Bang City is the capital of Bang City. That's the downtown area of Bang City. That's where all the best shops are. And if you have an opportunity to go right through Bang City to Ultra Bang City... And I have now have the opportunity to build a building, to have an apartment, to have a house right in the middle of Ultra Bang City. And why should I not? So all of a sudden I'm thinking, if oh, it's a pits you want, baby, it's pits you get. Because now I know if you see these things, it's on. <laughs> I know where the magic button is. All that love talk, I ain't got to do that crap. Your eyes are the one with the cosmos and the stars are as one and you're the one and the one and only in the world and the world and my heart and the cosmos and the world and the stars and the world and the cosmos and love and the cosmos and the stars and flowers and friendship and love. And I take a trip to Bang City and I'm like, yeah, I love Bang City. But if I walk past you when I, and you get one whiff of these things, even though, keep in mind, I'm clean. I'm not dirty and stinky. I'm actually clean. You don't get the wrong idea, you bastards. And all of a sudden, bang, straight to Ultra Bang City. So I'm going, oh, man, why shouldn't I go to Ultra Bang City? So now I get home before she does. I take a quick shower, make sure I'm nice and clean, shave my armpits. Normally I didn't do that crap, but hey, it is what it is. And I leave, I'm sitting there on the couch. She walks in the house. Hey. I said, I'm really glad I gave you that key to the apartment. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad too, you know, you know. And then, 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 then I, while I'm looking at her, and she's on the, she, the door's on the left side of the room, and I act like I'm white. I'm act like I'm running. I'm act like I'm, 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 I'm rub, rubbing the head. And I ain't rubbing my head. I'm just putting one on behind my head. Then what do I do? I'm going. I'm gonna make sure I get me some Ultra Bang City. I interlace my fingers together, put both hands behind my head, have both of my delicious armpits out, and she can't even think straight. She goes, ah. Anyway, and then she comes right over, jumps on the couch, buries her face in there, and then I take her back to the room and I bury her. That's another story, but but it's Ultra Bank City. Oh, yeah. Now, that was a deep cut from her love album. Real deep cuts. Because no, there was no woman before and no woman since. I mean, there are women that want to smell you while they're banging you. You know, but I'm talking about she literally, she literally would just let there go. Would you mind if I just sniffed your armpit for like 15 minutes for, and, uh, well, and, and completely ignore you? All right, whatever. You know, it was, it was one of those type of things. And quite frankly, I'm smelling my armpit right now. And when this segment is over, I'm going to bang myself because I just realized she was right. Hold on. Oh, I'm awesome. <laughs> but that's just the weird thing is, is like, like I said, the longer you've been together, the longer you've been together, that's when the deep cuts come out, man. That's when the weird stuff comes out. And here's the funny thing, and this is, and this is the stuff that, I, and I'm not even going to tell you what my deep cuts are, because if you think her deep cuts are weird, oh, wait till you find out what my deep cuts are, and I'm going to save that for when I'm famous. So y'all need to make me famous quickly, you bastards. <laughs> but 
You don't even know what your deep cuts are sometimes. You know what your cuts are. You know what your album cuts are. But you sometimes don't even know what your deep cuts are. Sometimes you're just sitting there and you're looking at your significant other and all of a sudden you're like, I want to do this. And then you go, who said that? And it's the person that said it is you, you sick bastard. You didn't even realize what a disgusting freak bastard you were, but now you do. So all I'm saying is if you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, and everything's been the greatest hits package, you got to realize right around the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-year mark, all of a sudden all the deep cuts are going to start coming out. Not only are deep cuts going to start coming out, all the all the album cuts that were in the vault start to come out. And I ain't even going to talk about the stuff that's in the vault because that stuff's disgusting. <laughs> and when I get my next girlfriend, I'm just going to skip all the greatest hits package and go right into the vault. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm 47. I ain't got time to mess around, damn it. And don't act like you don't have deep cuts. You know you do. You freaky, sick bastards. You've been listening to me. A lot of you have been listening to me for almost three years. And if you can listen to my weird ass for three years, I know what a bunch of sick freaks you are. Oh, yeah. Enjoy your deep cuts, my friend. Enjoy those deep cuts. <laughs> Segment over. <laughs> Well, folks, this has been episode number 231 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And I want to thank you very, very much for sitting through this crap and listening to me ramble on like a jackass like I've been doing for the past two years, almost three years now. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your email and, and the people that have been direct messaging me. What's the new email, man? Because I sent you a message. I wanted you to talk about something on the show and you didn't get it. Well, I don't have that old email address anymore, my friends. The email is talk to Anthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-S-Anthony at gmail.com. That's the address. So send it there, my friends. Don't get upset. The Twitter for me specifically is at S. Anthony Thomas. My name, of course. On the Twitter for the show is at S. Anthony Says. I am also at, on Instagram, surprisingly enough, S. Anthony Thomas. Who to thunk it? And my verified, 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 verified page on Facebook is S. Anthony Says. Go up into the search box and type in S. Anthony Says. You will see S. Anthony Says with a blue check mark. That is me. Oh, that's right. Now, also, my friends, I do not have a Patreon. You keep asking me if I have a Patreon. I do not have a Patreon. If you want to you want to support the show with some bread, if you want to support the show by donating to the show, if you want to support the show that way, there's only one place to do it. Actually, there's several places to do it, but there's one place I want you to do it damn it go to santhonysays.podcastrevolution.org on the right side of the page you can support the show on the right side kicking some bread if you can do that if you can't do that just keep listening okay and keep telling people about the show and subscribe it doesn't matter support the show in any way you can and then and, and i just want to thank you very much for what you've been doing so far like i said the kind words the coolness um, it would be it would be nice if, if somebody you know if you know I would I would also like donations of banging you know I would actually prefer, you know donations of banging to to you know a couple of bucks I mean I mean you know I mean, yeah, I mean it would be cool to donate if you have if you, if you can if you can afford to donate to the show to support the show that would be cool too but you know I mean um you know you could go to the page and scroll down on the right hand side and do that you know with, with whatever I don't care but I mean that would be cool if you could do that it would be great it would be wonderful but you know I. I you see, if you go to the site, you can just you can just donate bread, you know. But um, I, I want to talk to my buddy Mike about, you know, trying to find something on the side of the page where you can, where some people could donate banging to me. But 
you know, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if he wants to do that. You know, so Mike, if, if there's any, if I know you're listening, Mike, um, if, if there's a way to <clears throat> get the thing, you know, the, the it, and, and put put it in, there, if you don't mind, if there's a part where they could donate, if they want to put the put the thing with the banging above the thing with the monetary donations, I, I would, because I, I would, I would rather have the banging. <laughs> I've gone too far. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Thank you guys very, very much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Tell your friends, subscribe to the show, spread the word. I really, really, I would really, really appreciate it. Much love to everyone out there. I will talk to you next week. Doesn't matter to me where you're listening. Doesn't matter if you're listening on your phone. Doesn't matter if you're listening to me on a treadmill in the gym. No, I don't care if you're listening to this podcast, skydiving out of an airplane. Okay, I kind of would like you to not do that because I don't want my, none of my listeners dead unless you're really good at it and it's okay. But if you do skydive while listening to this podcast, do me a favor convince two other friends to listen so when you hit the ground i I will not have my listenership go down (laughs) that sounded insensitive didn't it (laughs) well you the one jumping out of an airplane jackass (laughs) let me just end this show before i get in more trouble thank you for listening to this show and i'm going to say goodbye the same way i always do if you've been listening you know what it is on the count of three we're going to say it together one two three s anthony (laughs) 